All right, I'm not going to say I told you so because I'm not that kind of guy, but I will tell you that I did think it was possible. Stanford beat Washington on Saturday night. Yes, they did. Uh, Fantastic results. Unexpected by many, unless you listened to the TreeCast with Troy Clarity, like you're doing right now. Thanks for joining us here on uh, Monday, October the 7th, 2019. I'm Troy Clarity. Thank you so much for being here with us. We have a lot of good things to talk about. Is Stanford, yes, they, they beat the Washington Huskies on Saturday night, 23-13, to 13, the final score. A lot of happy folks wearing red, uh, walking out of uh, Stanford Stadium and into the eucalyptus curtain at night. Uh, and that was... I, I kind of lost a little hair along the way, but uh, but overall, uh, by the time it was all said and done, uh, certainly not unhappy with how things went uh, on Saturday night against the Washington Huskies. If you're new to the show, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. You can subscribe uh, to the program on Apple Podcasts and on Google Play, so be sure to make this a habit. We're glad to have you on board. Follow me on Twitter, at Troy Clarity. The last name is spelled C-L-A-R-D-Y, at Troy Clarity. We're going to dive deep into Stanford's result against the Huskies with help from Stanford head coach David Shaw and a few of the players as well. Running back Cameron Scarlett, what a night for him. He certainly won't forget that for a while. You'll also hear my chats with linebacker Curtis Robinson and wide receiver Semi Fajoko, who finally made some nice moments for him for the Stanford offense. Team win for the Cardinal, all told. But first, I feel the need to take you back to last Friday's episode of the TreeCast with Troy Clarity. I just feel the need to take it back to, and let's just kind of, let's just kind of listen to a key sequence of that show. Just to remind everyone, let's jump in the Wayback Machine to last Friday's episode of the TreeCast with Troy Clarity. Stanford must win the field position battle. Secondary for Stanford must play lights out. There is no question about this. Stanford's offense must show commitment to diversification in play calling, something that we did not see throughout much of the second half for Stanford against Oregon State last week. I thought they kind of lost that a little bit. Is Washington beatable? Yeah. Yeah, I think they're beatable. And if Stanford can execute some of those things we just discussed, I think they can be beatable by the Cardinal. I I, I think a Stanford win is, is more possible then, then you might think. Then you might think. Just saying. So, how did all of that turn out? Let's begin by giving you three things you need to know about Stanford football, specifically from that game. We'll focus on our keys to that game and how things went for Stanford against the Huskies. Three things. Let's start with number one. <laughs> First one was field position. We talked about how it went against the Cardinal against the Oregon Ducks as uh, Stanford, on average against Oregon a couple weeks ago, uh, finished their drives at their own 38. That's where the drives ended on average against the Ducks. We knew that needed to change around in a big-time way, either with special teams and or with the offense doing what it needed to do. So how did it go for Stanford against the Huskies in that department? Much better. Matter of fact, on average, Stanford's drives ended at the Washington 26-yard line. Touchdowns for Stanford, 
sustained drives for the Cardinal. Some early field goals, of course. We'll talk a bit more about that uh, as the show goes along. But the Cardinal able to set themselves up with fantastic field position, largely because they were finally able to sustain drives for the latter part of 60 minutes in a football game for really the first time all season long. Field position is such a key cog to how David Shaw wants and likes to play football. If he's not winning the field position battle, there's not a lot that 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 he can do and his scheme can do to truly be at its best. Stanford able to win the field position battle. Again, like we said last week, it's not sexy. It's not one of the sexier keys. But then again, much of Stanford football isn't sexy when it's winning, all right? But Stanford able to find a way to win the field position battle. That was key. That was key against the Huskies. Let's head on to number two. All right, for some of the more obvious keys and some of the more apparent keys to victory for Stanford against Washington, our, our second uh, thing, uh, our, second po- our second point of emphasis was that the Stanford secondary must play lights out. They needed to make tackles, they needed to get to receivers, and they needed to cover and confuse Jacob Eason on longer developing pass plays. Check, check, and check. Very impressive bounce back night for the Stanford secondary, especially for Paulson Adebo. He is he is the poster boy of that position unit, and Paulson has been a bit of an up and down season for him. He rebounded nicely, and so did the Stanford defense. David Shaw assessed the night for Paulson Adebo and the rest of the Stanford secondary. Paulson hasn't had the year so far that he's wanted, and we haven't had the year that we've wanted as a team. Uh, But Paulson's confidence has never wavered. He works really hard. He takes great coaching from Coach Kena, Coach Anderson, one of the hardest working guys on our team. And today, gave up one big one early on, but didn't, didn't hang his head, didn't roll his shoulders forward. Came back, and I think he had three pass breakups. Um, Big-time plays when we needed him. Um, third down on one, fourth down on another one. Another big play down the field was in great position. Uh, that's what we need. And he's, a, he's been a great example for Caillou Kelly. Um, Caillou is a true freshman. He's coming out there. He's play, he played great tonight also. And if we can get that kind of play out of two receivers in this conference, or sorry, two corners in this conference, we always have a chance to win. Yeah, no doubt about that. That's David Shaw. Certainly a big-time bounce-back game for Paul Nadebo. Did give up that early catch to Aaron Fuller, but you know what? That was just a hell of a throw and catch by Jacob Eason and Aaron Fuller. You just tip your cap to those guys on that play. But outside of that, not much. Not much. Caillou Blue Kelly with an interception. Stuart Head made his season debut at safety and actually had a couple of impact plays getting in and uh, getting in uh, Jacob Eason's face on a one play in particular. McGill, Jonathan McGill, the freshman, active as usual. And they really flustered Eason and the Washington passing attack. Jacob Eason started, that first drive went 5 of 5 for 56 yards, made it look easy, and you started to brace yourself for, for another roller coaster ride from the secondary. But after that... Eason went 11 of 31 for 150 yards and no touchdowns. Completely bottled up. Team defense, to be sure. But the secondary held up in ways that it had not since week one. That's thing number two, which brings us to thing number three. And our third key against the Huskies was diversification of the offensive play calling. We wanted to see that, I certainly did anyway, for 60 minutes and not just 40. 
Well, you, you could argue that we didn't really see that late in the game after Davis Mills went out. More on that in a few minutes uh, when Stanford just pretty much wanted to run the ball and run down some clock. But really, during the competitive phases of this game, mission accomplished for Stanford in that respect as well. Aggressively diverse play calling once again by the Cardinal Offensive Brain Trust. Nine different receivers caught balls. Nine. The screenplays that that were such a big factor, nice accents for Stanford offensively against Oregon State, uh, worked well for the most part again this week. I mean, there was one that got swallowed up to Weddington, but, you know, for the most part, screens still worked quite well. Was there enough Austin Jones for my liking? For my liking? Well, not quite, no. But but when you have other playmakers and you use them, I'm not going to complain that much about not really seeing number twenty uh, a whole lot, or at least as much as we had in other ball games earlier this year. Oh, by the way, not for nothing, Michael Wilson, six targets, six catches. That guy continues to make an impact every single week. Was the offense perfect from an execution standpoint? No. I, I was not thrilled with the two early field goals that Stanford had to kick instead of getting the two touchdowns. Matter of fact, Stanford's first six plays that they ran in goal-to-go situations lost a total of one yard. That's not good. So the execution still not quite up to snuff, uh, certainly early on in the game. But I did like the play calling for the most part, which was once again aggressively diversified. That's going to need to be the key for Stanford going forward, like it was against Washington on Saturday night. Those are three things. You know, I I try to do my homework on this show. You know, I I like to think I know a little something about the game, and I just saw those those reasons as as, as potential things that Stanford might be able to do to beat the Huskies. And they did. Congratulations to them. Now, football, of course, is a rough sport, and that means that, as usual, we have injuries to discuss. We'll get you some injury news and notes right here and now. Uh, Stanford right guard Henry Haddis left the game in the third quarter. Uh, appeared to be a relatively serious lower leg injury. Uh, Jake Hornerbrook, the freshman, the third offensive lineman, a true freshman to come in. Uh, he helped. Uh, he came in and promptly helped spring Cameron Scarlett uh, for a touchdown on his very first snap. Nice moment for Jake Hornerbrook, but Haddis knocked out of that game against uh, Washington last week. Uh, by the way, Jordan Fox out for the foreseeable future. Suffered a non-contact injury during practice throughout the week, so uh, that was uh, uh, that was news uh, before the game. And of course, Davis Mills uh, did not finish the game with his lower body injury. Uh, didn't feel a hundred percent in the fourth quarter. His doctors checked it out, said that he was good to go, cleared. Uh, Mills came back in, came back out, and said, "Ah, you know what? I'm not going to give it a go." And and, and David Shaw and the doctor said, "Okay." That's cool. So uh, Jack West came in and finished it off. And uh, Davis Mills uh, and Tavita Pritchard, the uh, Stanford offensive coordinator, after the game were walking back up the tunnel together. Nice moment uh, for uh, those two. So we will perhaps get more details uh, on those guys and anybody else uh, from a health standpoint when David Shaw has his uh, weekly press conference coming up uh, on Tuesday. But um, we'll, we'll see what happens. It's, it's fortunate that I'm not going to necessarily call this a bye week because Stanford has a, a, a short week in a sense because they play on Thursday next week. They just have a Saturday off and a few extra days to get ready for the UCLA Bruins. So that will certainly be nice. As I was 
walking out of Stanford Stadium late on Saturday night, suddenly it, it kind of struck me some of the, the eerie parallels between this meeting between Stanford and Washington and the last time the Huskies came down to the farm two years before. Another surprising loss to a lot of people uh, for the Huskies. By the way, UW has not beaten Stanford at Stanford since 2007. Washington's head coach that day, Tyrone Willingham. I bumped into Tyrone before the game uh, on Saturday. Really good. Really awesome to see him. He's still one of my one of my all-time favorite people and uh, really, really nice to see him. But that place has become a house of horrors for the Huskies, and, and it happened again. Eerie parallels between the 2019 edition and the 2017 meeting. Stanford underdogs two years ago, six-point underdogs in 2017, 14 points this year. Washington, two years ago, failed on their final six third-down conversion attempts. They were 0 for 6. They started off 2 for 2, but then petered out. Failed to convert their final six third-down attempts in 2017. This year, Washington started 2 for 3 on third down, then went 0 for 9. Eerie parallel there. And two years ago, Bryce Love had 30 carries that night on basically one ankle. One of the guttier performances in recent Stanford football history. But Bryce Love had 30 carries that night. No Stanford running back had toted the rock 30 times or more since. Until Cameron Scarlett carried it 33 times for 151 yards and a touchdown against the Huskies on Saturday night. Finally, a 100-yard rushing game for Cameron Scarlett. And not only was he huge in the rushing category, was also quite big in pass protection as well. And the tone for things may have been set even before the game when Tyler Gaffney, the last Stanford running back, by the way, to carry the rock for 40 times or more in one game, was the honorary captain, spoke to the guys and gave them a bit of the the attitude check that they may have needed coming into this game. Cameron Scarlett started his session with the media after the game by talking about his huge block and pass protection that led directly to Davis Mills' touchdown pass to Semi Fajoko that helped break the game open for the Cardinal. I mean, being a running back is much more than just running the ball, and we know that here. <clears throat> One thing Coach, Coach G uh, really preaches on and harps on all week is pass protection, and uh, that's, what, that's what separates the good backs from the great backs. So um, that's something I've been focusing on all offseason and uh, trying not to give up any sacks. So um, I love making plays like that and seeing, seeing us score touchdowns makes me feel good and uh, it gives me gives us the, the, the points on the scoreboard so I'll take it. Cam, how would you describe your mentality when you know there's a lot of chaos around you? I mean another offensive lineman, you know, it's terrible went down, um, you know, down your third quarterback and it's a lot on you. I'm wondering what your mindset's been through all of this. Yeah, you know, I don't really think about it too much. Uh, one thing that we've always focused on here is just that next play mentality, next man up mentality. So uh, if somebody goes down, uh, we know that somebody else is going to come up and give it, at least give us their best effort, best best uh, work out there. <clears throat> so uh, my mentality stays the same. You know, I'm trying to I'm trying to carry the ball as hard as I can and run for as many yards as I can every time I step out there. Make sure I'm hitting my reads and uh, yeah, it's just a next next man up mentality here. 
you've been between 90 and 100 yards, I think, three games this season. How's it felt finally get over 100? Do you feel like it was coming? Do you think today was going to be the day? Yeah, I knew today was going to be the day. Um, I've been sick and tired of rushing for 90 yards, 92, <laughs> 97. I see that. Um, so, I mean, one thing, I just wanted to get over 100 for sure and uh, just wanted to do whatever I could to make sure the offense could move the ball. And I felt like I did that, picking up some big first downs in crucial situations. And uh, I feel like that's something that this offense can rely on and uh, we'll continue to build on. How would you sum up Davis's name? Oh, Davis is great. Um, he's another thing. I knew I knew he was going to come in and ball out just like he did last week. Um, he's a very confident guy, one of the best arms I've seen. So um, he's in there making plays, making the right calls, and, uh, and really spinning that ball out. I love to see it. What was the message from Tyler Gaffin to the team? And then did he have anything special for the running back he didn't really talk to the running backs in particular. I had a quick little word with him because um, uh, I, I looked up to him a lot coming coming uh, through my recruitment. <clears throat> His message to us was just uh, there's going to be adversity that strikes. Nobody in the, the country thinks that we're going to win this game, but that none of that matters. We know that we have what it takes to win, and uh, he gave us some, some good juice coming out tonight. That's Cameron Scarlett, and yeah, that uh, that good juice from Tyler Gaffney resulted in in a career night for Cameron Scarlett, 151 yards on 33 carries and a touchdown. And we talked about Scarlett, who has been very impressive uh, already this year. Came into the matchup last week uh, as the Pac-12's leading rusher with 413 yards. So so tack on a buck 51 to that for his curtain total of uh, 564 yards on the ground for uh, Stanford so far this year, but. What, when he was at his most impressive this year was seemingly in making unblocked guys miss, which was an all-too-common occurrence in the first few weeks of the season. Was able to wriggle out of some jams and to get some positive gains when he should have been nailed in the backfield for three, four, five-yard losses. But this performance against the Huskies really also established him as a move-the-pile kind of guy. Several times, would not quit, moving the pile, lots of bodies, lots of mass surging and getting critical first downs, especially when Stanford was trying to run out the clock and hold the Huskies at bay and keep that offense off the field. They were able to do that. Big-time kudos to Cameron Scarlett for uh, the continued success that he has had so far this season. And the offensive line as well. Let's face it, that has been a crew that has been under siege The situation from a personnel standpoint is still pretty dire. They almost literally cannot afford any other injuries up front at all. But those dudes sucked it up, and they pushed around a pretty active Husky defensive line. Pretty impressive stuff. Pretty impressive stuff. Impressive work by the defense as well. They played their tails off. They they seem to play a little better at home, don't they? Is is it me, <laughs> or or do they get a little a little extra strength from playing inside the eucalyptus curtain? Casey Tuhill was on fire, start to finish. How he didn't have any holding calls uh, against him with the offensive lineman that he was going up against, how none of them got flagged for offensive holding is absolutely beyond me. But Tuhill was a virtuoso and a one-man wrecking ball in the pass rush department. He he could not be blocked. Fantastic game for him. Gabe Reed with Gabe Reed with a big sack along the way. That kind of put the Huskies offense in full reverse. Jovan Swan, big plays. The front seven got after it again. And Curtis Robinson, new to the inside linebacker position, really stepped to the fore. Eight tackles overall. 
and he helped lead the way. Actually, he was he was one of Stanford's leading tacklers on the night with those eight total tackles against the Huskies. After that performance, and after watching him help lead the way for the Cardinal defense, it was my pleasure to catch up with Curtis Robinson after the game. All right, Curtis, uh, fantastic effort by the Stanford defense overall tonight, uh, really helping to point the way to the win. Overall, defensively, what did it take to really bottle up the Huskies for much of the, for much of the night? Uh, I think it was a big focus on execution the whole week. Um, I think we showed it in the Oregon State game. We kind of let up in the fourth quarter, and uh, luckily we were able to come over with the win, but it wasn't up to our standard on defense. And so Coach Anderson and all the defensive coaches preached throughout the week that that focus and the execution has to carry out throughout the fourth quarter and luckily we were able to do it and we started to gain momentum from that. Yeah, Washington 0 for their last 9 on third downs. How critical was that as the game went along? That's a huge deal. Um, as a defense, when you can get third down stops, fourth down stops, that's a huge momentum swing. It's We, we see fourth down stops, third down stops as turnovers and it, it serves as such. Um, obviously it's not as exciting, but when you can get the, the offense the ball back and avoid a score, it's a, it's a huge deal. Sum up the night for you and, and your role in, in, in tonight's win. What were some of the things that you're going to take away personally uh, from how things went out there for you tonight? Um, I just think that the same focus that I've had all season. Um, I really came into this week really trying to just keep focus on my eyes, make sure my eyes were good, make sure I was reading my keys the right way, make sure I was just a stronger tackler. Each week I'm just trying to be a stronger tackler, a better tackler, and I felt like that showed tonight. Yeah, certainly did, and you got help from the guys up front. We talked about this the other day mm-hmm. about how, how critical those guys are up front for you. Uh, how how some of their night for you? For you? It, I can't lie. It's, it's so easy to play behind them, and I really can't reiterate that enough. Um, the, the way that Javon and Mike and Ryan Johnson and Tomas, Thomas Booker, the way that they're all playing their gaps and moving people up front, it just makes our job as linebackers so easy, and I think that they definitely deserve more credit than they get. Was there a moment during the course of the game where you guys were like, hey, we, we might have these guys exactly where we want, where we want them? Uh, yeah, I mean, as soon as you get a lead, and you start to feel like, okay, we're in our groove, we're executing, it's kind of just you don't want to assume that you have them dead to rights, but you kind of sense that, okay, if we keep this up, we'll have them where we want them, and we'll end up with the W. And so throughout the game, Coach Shaw preaches, don't ever lose focus, don't ever lose sight of the goal. And so I think that, yeah, we started to feel that, but that was never really our mindset. On the interception by Caillou Blue Kelly, you had the big pressure that perhaps kind of forced Eason to, to maybe make that throw a bit quicker than he wanted to. Uh, take me through that play as you remember. Um, yeah, we just had a, we had a called blitz up, and uh, we don't get we don't get those chances very often. And uh, Coach Hanson's always preaching when you get the chance to blitz, light your hair on fire, and just run through anything that gets in front of you. And that's kind of just the mentality I had going into it. Luckily, we were able to cause a pick for it. All right, three and three after six games. How are you guys feeling after this result, and how could this possibly set the table for the second half of the year? Um, this is a great way to kind of bounce back. Obviously, we didn't start the season we want, the way we wanted to, and to come back home beat ranked Washington in the way that we did. I think it's a great confidence booster that we definitely needed. Luckily, we have this pseudo bye week coming up. We can get guys healthy, get guys kind of fresh for the upcoming games, but I think it's definitely a confidence booster. And it's just good to show ourselves, prove to ourselves the standard that we can play at. Our thanks to Curtis Robinson for joining us. And it's it's been fun 
And interesting watching him grow at the inside linebacker position. For those who might not be aware, played outside linebacker until until this uh, past offseason. When? Because of graduation. Uh, Bobby Okariki and uh, Sean Barton. Uh, th- those guys are uh, no longer with the program. Bobby Okariki went to the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, they needed some help at the inside linebacker spot. So they moved Curtis Robinson inside. It's been some growing pains for him at times, I'm sure, but, but made some big-time strides. And it was interesting talking to him uh, earlier in the week about what his biggest shift has been from moving outside to inside and he said his eyes he needs to be so much more aware about what's happening uh, beyond just what's happening at the line of scrimmage he also needs to take a peek more into things as far as what's happening into the backfield and also be able to keep an eye on perhaps two or three things at the exact same time before the snap so you know it's a process it's not something that you that you walk into and and you become you know Dick Butkus overnight or Jack Lambert or something like that you know or Ray Lewis or whatever but it, it's a process that takes time Time. The good news is that we're seeing progress week to week from Curtis Robinson and Andrew Pritz, a fellow converted inside linebacker. And again, there's not much depth behind them. So uh, the more uh, the more <laughs> progress they can make, obviously, the better. But it's been interesting to watch. Uh, Curtis Robinson grow throughout the course of the season. That is certainly going to be something uh, that is going to be counted on more and more as the season goes along. Defense checked off a lot of boxes against the Huskies. The offense did, too. They did as well. And look, early touchdowns would have been nice. I kind of groused on Twitter at halftime that, look, 13-10 is nice, but but 21-10 would be so much better. And touchdowns would have been nice early, but they did move the ball pretty well overall. They had 308 yards in the first half. 308 in the first half. Stanford set a new season high in total yardage, sometime in the third quarter. That's bonkers. And Davis Mills was lights out. Lights out for much of his performance. 13 of 18 for 213 yards in the first half. You talk about, and David Shaw, you know, we played the sound bites for him for the better part of over a year now about the importance of getting out to quick starts and performing well right from jump. Check out these numbers from Davis Mills in the first half against Oregon State and in the first half against Washington. Combined in those two first halves, Mills is 26 of 33 for 395 yards. No interceptions, by the way. Super impressive and a big reason why uh, Stanford was able to prove early on that they were going to be able to move the ball against the Huskies. Davis Mills continues to step to the fore. And Semi Fajoko had he had a pretty neat little night as well. David Shaw very impressed by the touchdown catch that Semi Fajoko was able to pull down in the second quarter to give Stanford a lead that, as it turned out, it would not relinquish. The touchdown pass made to Semi Fajoko, along with the first uh, big play made to Semi Fajoko, those are the ones that we've missed, that he's missed, and they haven't connected on. And also the last two weeks, uh, Coach Coach uh, Tavita Pritchard. Coach Bobby Kennedy have worked with those two, especially on those plays. Um, Simi's too big and too fast uh, not to hit and stride when he's open. And we worked on that, and we actually worked on throwing the ball with a little bit of air 
But you can tell when a quarterback feels confident, he doesn't throw it with any air. And that, that, that touchdown pass, there was no air on it. He threw that thing on the line. And Simi caught it in stride and took off. Um, he's a big sucker that runs a 4-3. Um, it's great to see him make some big plays. Yeah, too big and too fast. Six foot four, two hundred and twenty-six pounds, and uh, very impressive evening for Semi Fajoko, who made three catches uh, in the first half. Should have uh, had a, a the defensive pass interference called on the on the defensive back who was covering him in the second half. Clearly clutched his jersey. No flag thrown. I have no idea how that penalty was not assessed. And oh, by the way. Had a huge fumble recovery as well to keep a Stanford drive alive. An eventful night for Semi Fajoko, and it finished off with him catching up with me in the Cardinal locker room after the game. The first thing Semi and I discussed was the chemistry he's developing with Davis Mills. You know, I, me and Davis, uh, I, I didn't start catching with him until last year. Um, and again, we were working with the twos. We had JJ and, and KJ up. So, I mean, we were working with the scout team, and I was running with the twos. So, um, you know, that chemistry sort of started there and, and it sort of has carried throughout the season. Um, and, you know, it's just been it's been good for us to finally click. You know, it's been it's been a long time and a lot of work put in, but it's it's time we clicked. It seemed like after your touchdown, the offense kind of seemed to find a bit more confidence. I mean, moving the ball well very early, but couldn't quite punch it in and get six. How, how critical do you think your score and your big play uh, was in helping to have Stanford push over the hump there offensively? Exactly. You know, uh, Coach Shaw harps on it all the time. He says, you know, we need to make big plays, explosive plays. And um, I think that he says that will get us going. And so... Again, we've been able to move the ball, and you've seen it in all the, all the past games. We've been able to move the ball pretty well. We haven't been able to punch it in, like you said. Um, so, I mean, to finally get an explosive play, and, and, you know, it really starts the offense to realize that what we can do, you know what I'm saying? We, we work really hard in the, in the practice and just so we can do explosive plays, and we have um, big plays like this. So, I mean, it was awesome. Yeah, what were some of the points of emphasis offensively this week, and in your estimation, how close did you all come to the expectations? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this week we really focused on um, the, you know, their defense, their their defensive backs, and just their defense in general has been really great. Um, so we we really put an emphasis, and you know, said we had to play our best football to beat this team. And you know, I think once we figured it out and once we we started clicking, um, I believe that we were playing one of our best best football this year. And so. Um, Again, we were just emphasizing on the things that we could do to focus the little things, the things that we've been off in the past, and uh, just trying to correct those little things, and obviously they'll pay off in a big way. One of the big hidden plays is the recovered fumble that you had (laughs) in the third quarter. Take me through that play as you remember it. So I I don't actually think that I was supposed to be in on that play, but the personnel was a little whack, so I I ran in, and um, I ran around. We, we were, I was supposed to block the safety, but the safety bailed, so I was just following, chasing and following the play, and it's a big thing that Coach Kennedy's harped on us. You know, you never know what's going to happen, so you got to follow the play. Um, and so I was just watching. I was, I was excited that Cam got the first down. All of a sudden, I see the ball pop out, and I just dove at it. You know what I'm saying? It's just it's, it's like almost like the Captain America when he dives on the grenade. You know what I'm saying? I just had to jump on it. I felt a bunch of hands trying to pry in there. I was curled up in fetal position, but it was, it was cool. It was awesome. And, I mean, um, it saved the save the drive. Yeah, yeah. Save the drive, save the game. I think in a lot of ways as well. Uh, overall, when you look at this result, mm-hmm. what does this result and this outcome say mm-hmm. about this team and what it could possibly do uh, down the stretch? Yeah, that's a great question. I think for us, uh, you know, just being able to finally click and um, 
it's it's a huge step in, in the right direction, and I think we're only going to get better from here. So, I mean, Davis, he's going to get better. Our receiver corp is going to be better. Cam's amazing. You know, he's going to keep running the ball hard, um, but it's only up from here. It was entertaining, maybe took a few years off of my life, but it resulted in the Stanford win. Thanks a bunch. Appreciate the time and best of luck the rest of the season. Thank you so much. Really appreciate Semi Fahoko uh, spending some time with us after the game on Saturday. And that's a young man that David Shaw has really been circling all year long. After after a couple of games uh, when Stanford hasn't been able to find an extra gear offensively, he said, look, we'd love to find ways to get Semi Fahoko more involved and have him make big-time plays. That finally happened against the Huskies on Saturday night. Good on Semi, who, by the way, earlier on Monday was named the uh, Pac-12 Freshman of the Week for his performance. Now, academically, he's a sophomore because that's what Stanford goes by when they list eligibility for players. You're not a redshirt freshman. You're a sophomore in the Stanford program. But because eligibility-wise, he's a freshman, That's why there's going to be a Pac-12 Freshman of the Week award sitting on his mantle at some point very soon. But good stuff from Semi Fajoko and uh, good stuff overall from the Stanford offense, defense, and special teams. A team win. And that's what we wanted to see from Stanford when we talked about it and previewed this game last week. We knew that Stanford needed to play and coach much better for 60 full minutes than it had really at any point previously in the season. They finally did it. They finally did it. Now, can they keep it going in the second half of the year? That's the big question. And how healthy can they stay down the stretch run? That's perhaps even the the bigger question. All right, it's time for Stock Up, Stock Down. We tell you who we are high on after every Stanford football game and who might need a little bit more work. Let's start with Stock Up. And I could go with Davis Mills here. I really could. He showed me a lot this week against a tougher defense, against tougher competition. He made good decisions. There was a throw he made early in the fourth quarter on a rollout to the right, and he just unleashed an absolute laser to Connor Weddington right at the sticks. I gasped. In the, in the Stanford home radio booth with, 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 Todd, with a Todd Huzak on my right and Scott Reese on my left. I audibly gasped when I saw that throw. That's one of the best throws I've seen from a Stanford quarterback in a while. Mills, super impressive. But to me, I'm going to give stock up to Tucker Fisk. That guy made a bruising catch in the first half. Absolutely trucked a Washington defender, kind of reminiscent of what uh, Joshua Garnett uh, did to JoJo McIntosh back in 2015. But Tucker Fisk, just with a bruising, battering catch that almost scored. But, but more importantly, he blocked his tush off all night Long, super impressive, and I was I was talking with a, a Stanford football follower that I that I really know, that I really trust uh, at halftime uh, with his football observations, and he was like, "Hey, why not put Fisk at fullback for a bit? Give give them a bit of a different look." And I said, "Hmm, that would be kind of cool." But uh, Tucker Fisk, super impressed by what I saw from him. He did have a holding penalty called against him during the game, but you know what? Grand scheme of things, Fisk. Came up big time, I thought, for Stanford. So stock up for him. What goes up must go down. Or does it? I got nothing for stock down this week. And trust me, I thought long and hard about it. I really did. But 
But there wasn't any area for Stanford football or any player for Stanford football that I thought took a step back on on Saturday. Now, some areas remained the same. Uh, Goal line execution, for one, especially early in the first half, would like to see a bit more uh, production and diversification of the play calling uh, when Stanford gets in goal-to-goal situations. But that's been the case for pretty uh, pretty much the entire season. So I couldn't really give that a stock down because that's kind of stayed the same. I don't really think much of anything took a step back for Stanford on Saturday. And that's not a, that's not a bad thing. So no stock down this week. Take, take the week off. <laughs> and hopefully we take stock down again after the UCLA results on October the 17th. Fantastic game. Uh, an entertaining game uh, and a fantastic one to boot with a great result uh, for Stanford and kind of Stanford kind of going back to the future, I guess, in a sense. Digging back to running out the clock, pounding down their opponent. Cameron Scarlett carrying the ball on Stanford's final 10 offensive snaps. Everyone in the stadium knew he was getting the ball. Didn't matter. Didn't matter. As Scarlett was able to churn out the offensive yardage and the the offensive line, the depleted offensive line, uh, continued to make big blocks to help the Cardinal offense move the chains. And the defense showed up and showed out. Good to see. And a fantastic way to head into the second half of the season. There's still a path. Like like I told Scott Reese on my way out of the Stanford home radio booth, on my way down to the field after the game, there's still a path. There is still a path for Stanford to do some things that uh, it hopefully wants to try to accomplish this year. They'll need some help, but there's still a path. There is still a path. TreeCast posting schedule is going to get a little funky over the next couple of weeks. So just stay tuned. The best way to ensure that you are on top of the newest TreeCast whenever it is posted, whenever it drops, is to subscribe to the show. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, or, and on Google Play, you can also find uh, the TreeCast with Troy Clarity just about anywhere you can find your favorite podcasts from. Hit me up on Twitter. You've got thoughts. I always welcome them at Troy Clarity, at Troy Clarity, last misspelled C-L-A-R-D-Y. Special thanks to our guests. You heard our exclusive chats with Stanford linebacker Curtis Robinson and wide receiver Semi Fajoko. You also heard from Cameron Scarlett, the Cardinal running back, and of course, Stanford head coach David Shaw. We will talk to you next time, whenever that might be, maybe later this week, certainly before early next week, I'd imagine. Don't drink and drive if you do, you're the dumbest person on the planet. That's it. That's all there is. Talk to you on the next edition of the TreeCast with Troy Clarity. <laughs>